Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, finally the answer to the question, can I be friends with my directs? Part one. Here we go. Okay, finally, we're going to talk about the answer to this question. We must have gotten this a zillion times. Everybody wants to know, can I be friends with my directs? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. There's been lots of changes in workplace culture. The line between work and home has gotten more and more blurred. Things are less clear to people. And oh, by the way, for those of you who are wondering, there's also we're also going to cover the companion follow-up question, which is, can I drink with my direct, who is also my friend. Okay. Uh, well, that's what people really want yeah. to know. I must be honest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the answers to the two questions are no and, and sort of yes, but really not sort of depending. Oh, that's, that's really yeah, clear. Helpful. I know it's helpful. I'm on yeah. top of things this morning. But, you know, I'm sure some people have carefully listened enough to know that you can drink alcohol with your directs or it's potentially okay. And, and the fact is it can be until it's not okay. And that depends on the manager we're talking to. <laughs> again, again, terribly clear. So, okay. So can we clear this up a bit? You think maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So Perhaps. yeah, Please. Uh, enough fun. We are going to cover seven points during this cast. Number one, dun, 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 you cannot be friends with your directs. We'll prove it to you. We're sorry. And we know we have to prove it to you. So we'll prove it to you. Number two, a big part of that is because your directs don't think of you as a friend first. They think of you as a boss. And that makes a difference. And perceptions matter in your career uh, and day-to-day, week-to-week at your organization. Number three, and this is really where it gets a little interesting, is you can be friendly with your directs. You can do that. And that's part of the reason why we're going to spend a lot of time on the first point. You can't be friends. You can be friendly. Being friendly is a good thing to do in almost all situations. On the other hand, number four, you cannot show favoritism with your friendships to your directs, which is a huge mistake that a lot of younger managers tend to make. Um, Number five, you can drink with your directs. You can. But the caveat, um, which should help a lot of people, is you cannot do or say stupid or drunk things with your directs. Drinking is okay, but... Doing stupid things is not. Which we should we should do another cast about are, not doing stupid things with, with your yeah. directs, even when you're not drunk. But okay, that's a different. Uh, I'll let you start with the list of stupid things, right? And then lastly, number seven. Yes, folks, you can friend your directs on Facebook, but you don't have to. And frankly, we don't really recommend it. Okay, so you set us up to be really the bearer of bad news. And folks who are listening to this cast, many actually want to hear us say the secret to how they can be friends with their directs. But you're saying you can't. You cannot be friends with your directs. Yeah, look, I've tried this a number of different ways. And I totally know that in the more egalitarian social world that exists today than, say, 50 years ago, the rules about friendship that we have in our personal lives seem reasonably applied to the corporate or organizational world. We certainly respect the, 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 the genesis of the question. You know, I think some people would say, look, I think of my bo- myself sometimes as the boss and as my direct's friend at other times. But folks, th- that kind of role switching simply isn't practicable. 
we'll talk more about what your directs think of you later. But really, the, the, the heart of this issue is that being a friend is not a trivial matter. And obviously, we don't think being a manager is trivial either. If you define friendship so loosely as to be able to demote your friend at any moment from friend, which is more important than being a manager, to friend, which is less important than your manager responsibilities, you know, frankly, most people don't want you as a friend. That's going to confuse them. It's going to make them very hard. Look, even if we forgive the friendship for a moment, even the appearance of friendship, and frankly, the moral obligations of friendship are always there. The appearance of friendship is a significant detractor to your ability to lead and manage other people. We'll talk about the appearance in a minute, but consider this. Think, think about this. Your boss, who, when you think about it, for, to, to you, speaks for the entire organization. When the organization speaks to you, if someone wants to deliver organizational power to you, in terms of visit it on you, they're going to go through your boss in most cases. So your boss will question your decisions and your professionalism if he believes you have friendships among your directs. And even more senior bosses today will probably go further and say, I don't even need to think of a particular situation in order to have a concern. The fact that you are not smart enough to see the potential conflicts of interest makes me question your analytical skills and foresight even before I get to whom you might be befriending. Yeah. A lot of younger managers don't see it. They don't have the foresight yet yeah. to see that. So so do me a favor. Give me a, a couple of examples so folks can really see where these potential conflicts yeah. of interest would exist. I think it's a good good way. And, and, and what we'll do is I'll um, do some examples and then we'll talk more broadly about what the examples and the analysis of friendship versus managers actually says. So- Consider this, your friend, who is a direct, asks you to be the godparent of his soon-to-be-born son. Because, obviously, you would accept this honor, which really is an obligation, right? Uh, Because you would accept this if you weren't his boss, because you are friends, you say yes. Everyone learns about it in the company. Most are generally pleased for you, right? A month later, layoffs are discussed, and you're expected to make some recommendations from your team. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. So, will you either pause at his name in light of his family situation, and let's say he's a he's a sole breadwinner, and you're pausing in light of his family situation and your specific personal and maybe even religious connection to his situation, or if you would say, well, I'd never do that, might you still just at least let him know early before the process gets going about his potential career risk or lacking doing either of those things? If you say, well, I wouldn't do that. How will your quote, completely unbiased unquote decision be viewed by your peer managers when you spare your future godson's father a job loss when in fact he was somebody they felt could be sacrificed? Yeah. How will your peer managers feel about it? How will your how will your other directs yeah. feel about it? Yeah. Yeah. There's several different angles on that situation. Okay. Let, let's let's do another one. Your boss asks you to make a recommendation for someone to join a task force in your company, which is high visibility and, and career enhancing. He says he wants your friend, who's your direct, to be high on your list. He likes him. 
but you know your friend is considering leaving the firm in the next 90 days, which would be seriously damaging to the task force and to the perception of, of your knowledge of your team's career planning, right? Because if you don't, if you appoint him to the task force and then he leaves, not only will it hurt the task force, you will be hurt because your boss will say, how could you not know that? He's your friend and your direct. So the question here is, would you tell your boss what your friend has asked you to keep confidential? Would you not tell your boss and hurt the firm by allowing his first pick to be on the task force in order to protect the confidence? Your buddy has shared with you something in confidence. In order to protect that, you probably have to let him be on the task force. Would you hide your knowledge of your friend's plans and essentially fib about why somebody else is a better pick? I mean, are you willing to lie to protect the commitment you made to your friend? And if you were asked later whether or not you allowed your direct, your, this friend to serve, would you admit you knew, thereby really damaging your now departed friend reputation as somebody who's a fair professional? And that may very well carry over to other, carry over to other companies in the industry. Okay, Here's another one. Your friend who works for you just told you confidentially that she accepted a new job but can wait up a mo- up to a month to start. Now look, you knew she was looking and you don't have to go run into your boss every time a director or friend is looking. You'd been trying to stay neutral because you've been working on an upcoming layoff. But now the leaks have started about the layoffs and your, f- your friend, she says to you, hey, listen, I'd love to take a severance package. Six months pay is what the last group got a couple of years ago. Put my name on the list. That'd be awesome, buddy. Now, will you do that? Will you put his name on the list knowing you probably wouldn't have if he weren't, if, if he weren't leaving? What will you say to him if he doesn't get it? Will you tell him his name is, was on the list or not? Would you tell him something different based on whether you had him on the list or you didn't? Complicated. Okay. Or let's make it simple. Your direct friend is looking for a different job. Since your industry is a bit slow, she wants a promotion and isn't likely to get one at your firm. Are you obligated to tell your boss that you know your direct, your friend is actively looking, whether or not your boss asks? You wouldn't have known this if you weren't her friend. And maybe she's a top performer. And if a top performer were privately looking, you'd probably tell your boss. So now you've got a top performer privately looking, but you confidentially know that, that you know it because she told you and she asked you to protect the confidence. Here's another one. Your direct tells you that his wife, who's a banker, lets slip that a competitor is within days of trying to acquire your small company's corporate parent. And your direct, who's your friend, says to you, now you can't tell her I ever told you this. In fact, you can't tell anybody. She'll know, my wife will know it came from me, and she'll get fired if you guys hear because of the connection between you, me, and her. So now, are you going to tell your boss that you have this information? What will it feel like if you keep quiet and your friend later lets slip to your boss that he told you it was coming? Oh, God. Now, he didn't mean he didn't mean to throw you under the bus, but if you can't figure it out, folks, you just got thrown under the bus. Well, the good thing is you won't have to worry about the friendship anymore. <laughs> <So> we, mm. <laughs> maybe. 
Yeah, you, you may have to may not have to worry about your job either. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Hey, I just heard from Bob that he told you three or four months ago before the, the, the acquisition that he told you about it. You know, you're obligated to tell me stuff like that, right? Why didn't you tell me? Do you have a problem between managing your people and being friends with your people? I know Bob's your friend. Do I have to question every decision you make? What's more, I don't trust you anymore because I asked you a question about that based on a meeting you went to, and you said you didn't know anything at all. Sounds like there are a lot of conflicts between your obligations to a friend and your obligations as a manager to the company, right? I mean, that's what you're constantly battling, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Let's take for a minute, though, what, what, let's think a bit about what it means to be somebody's friend. Whether you like it or not, folks, friendship is not just about I feel better when I'm with my friends. Friendship, being a friend to somebody, implies a social obligation to that person. And you might be surprised to hear that. But look, you can surmise this from the number of times any number of us have agreed with one person's viewpoint on a particular topic. So in other words, we've agreed with somebody, with our friend on on talking about something. And usually, let's take, for example, they're talking about somebody else's behavior. And then later, we contradict ourselves by agreeing with a different friend's totally opposite take on the situation in question. And okay, maybe we won't directly contradict ourselves. We may not even particularly believe either side with whom at that moment we happen to be agreeing. But perhaps most importantly, on behalf of the obligations that friendship suggests, we agree with both of them in spite of our own beliefs as a function of the friendship. And then later, are willing to argue that we weren't agreeing with either one of them. We were simply keeping the peace. In other words, we're willing to lie. And feel good about it. (laughs) Yeah. And listen to other people talk about other people behind their back. Friendships, the idea of being a friend to someone, also cause the majority of us to enter into an implicit understanding regarding secrecy of our friends' communications with us. One of the hallmarks of friendship is, in fact, an unstated understanding that the relationship confers the ability to share some things that would normally be closely held or withheld from other people. Let's call it friendship confidentiality can be invoked at any time. And and in fact, in something that generally is not true professionally, this confidentiality can be invoked retroactively. They say, hey, by the way, what I just said, you won't share that, right? And we all say, who, me? Of course not. Of course not. I'm not going to do that. The existence of this part, this confidentiality part of a friend relationship is really, in our opinion, so inseparable from the friendship itself that if you were to revoke the ability for people to sell you thing, tell you things confidentially, the very revocation of it, not what you're revoking it about, not the topic you're talking about, but just the fact that you won't allow confidentiality to be, to, to, to attach to a conversation would fundamentally strike at the heart of the relationship itself. It wouldn't be seen as a difference of opinion or a misunderstanding to have a friend say, after you've shared something you consider private, Hey, sorry, but what you just told me, I don't think I can keep that to myself. If your friend said that to you, you would stare at them with your mouth open. Like, no, I'm sorry, there's an assumption here. You're my friend, and when I do that, you have to agree. So look, with both of these ideas, social obligation and implied secrecy, was a, which is a type of the social obligation, the obligation to keep things confidential, friendships end up running up against a manager's professional obligations. 
A manager can't expect to be treated as a professional if she at times accepts the different set of moral obligations that friendship also imply. And the fact is, if you're a manager, you, sh- you probably already know this. It's not a joy to talk about, but we just can't ignore the frictions between our various sets of obligations. We can't do it. Now, since we brought up obligations, we're not saying that a manager can't accept any other obligations outside of the manager's professional ones. I mean, we're not managerial monks. We're not sworn only to our professional vows. Clearly, I mean, let's think of two really easily. All of us have family obligations. And for many, we have spiritual and religious obligations that we have to keep. But look, folks, arguing that because we have other obligations and you can live a life as a manager with family obligations and spiritual or religious obligations, that therefore you can also handle friendship obligations, does not follow and doesn't allow, doesn't make the case that you can have friends because clearly those family and religious obligations have an obvious greater moral standing than even our professional managerial duties, Right. Yeah, but but even if you had religious or spiritual or family obligations that conflicted with your responsibilities as a manager, clearly they're more important. And the answer there is you have to pick one. The job you have right now is not the only job in the world. If it conflicts with other responsibilities, then you owe it to your family, if that's where the conflict exists, You owe it, and you owe it to the company to make different choices. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't choose a different family, but I can choose a different job if, in fact, comes that. Look, if your spouse said, if you take that promotion and move, I'll leave you, we suspect you wouldn't take that promotion. Probably not. But if a friend said that to you, lifelong friend, been friends since you were five years old, if a friend said that to you, you'd not only ignore it, you'd be shocked at their impertinence. And look, it's not just because you're closer friends with your spouse than you are with that friend. Folks, you know that your obligations to your spouse not only morally trump your obligations to your friend, but they also naturally morally trump the work obligation that you have. Right? We're all in tune to this at some level. We just don't think about it very much. Look, if your friend said to you, if you don't leave work early today for the party at my place, and it's understood that he knows you'll miss a deadline on that big project he's been you've been working on. We bet you'd probably lean towards staying at work. You'd be stunned again that he would ask. Your work obligations trump that friendship obligation. And look, if you say to us now, this person is clearly not my friend, well, if they say something like that, we'd have to agree with you. And the reason is, at some level, you know, they have attempted to force you to accept a false set of rules, and that is the very definition of unethical behavior, and surely a friend would not ask you to behave unethically for their own pleasure. And look, the reason why this is, this is I think, not clear when we first start talking about it to most people is, it's easy to reduce things to black and white. There's work and there's everything else. You know, it's either work or it's all my other obligations. But the fact is, our obligations motivate all of us on a relative scale. It's a really tough argument for somebody to make that the obligations we have to our friends could trump our professional commitments. So, really what this boils down to is because of the rules, the relative moral obligations and their ethical underpinnings, 
being friends with our directs folks is just morally untenable. I know that sounds really highfalutin. I don't mean it to be. But the underlying principles which cause us to put friendship lower on the relative scale of obligations than work means that if a direct of yours were a friend of yours, they would assume that at times your obligation to them could vault over your obligation to the company and their, your job as a manager. And that would be applied in a case-by-case basis, and you would be in a situation where at some point you would have to choose. Up to now, though, you've made the case for why a manager can't ethically be friends with a direct, right? Why the manager can't be friends. But isn't there another side of the friendship that's important here, i.e. the the direct side of it? Yeah, because the directs don't think of managers as a friend first. Look, let's start with one of the shocking truths of managing. People aren't going to like me saying this, Mike. You've heard me say it before. (laughs) This won't be the first time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Your directs, folks, your directs do not think of you as a nice person. Why is that? Okay. Well, look, uh, we're sure you're a lovely person, right? That's We're not saying you're not a nice person. The point is, they don't think of you as a nice person because they think of you as their boss. Imagine you went to a barbecue at one of your direct's houses at, at their home, and they introduced you to a neighbor there, one of their friends from their neighborhood. How would they introduce you? Would they say, this is my friend Rob? Mm. I don't think so. Not likely. Right. They'd say, I'd like you to meet my boss, Bob. Or, hey, this is Rob. He's my boss at work. And the fact is, when they do that, they're acknowledging the moral hierarchy between boss and friend. Now, look, those of you who have good relationships with your directs, we don't have any problem with you saying, well, that's not what they'd say. They say, this is Rob. He's my boss at work. But don't worry. He's cool. Okay, we would agree. I think that's a very nice thing for your directs to say. And what that proves is they think of you as their boss first. Right. And in fact, they're acknowledging he's my boss and then, but don't worry. They're acknowledging the moral superiority. um, That sounds terrible. But the ethical superiority of the managerial obligation. And they acknowledge that you have power over them. And frankly, I mean, (laughs) look. For those of you who said, oh, no, they wouldn't, if my direct were my friend first, he'd definitely introduce me to his friends at his party as a friend of his. And in answer to that, we have two thoughts for you. First of all, folks, I think you're probably wrong. I think it's really much more rare than you realize really, really rare. Okay? Think about this, though. The person whom you're introduced to, you're the boss, your direct has introduced you to somebody whom they know. That person whom you were introduced to, later finds out that you were your friend's boss. If you were just introduced as a friend, right? They didn't know you were the boss. If that person later found out you were his boss, they, a guest at his party and a friend of his, would now feel awkward wondering whether they were overly candid with you about your friend slash directs or what they had been saying about work or what they've been saying about their boss and so on. Yeah, about the big drunken binge you went on the other day. Yeah. Right. And, and they probably or how go you back skipped your... work, right? You, yeah. you, 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 faked, you faked being sick and didn't go into work. Great. Yeah. And frankly, that, that neighbor of theirs would go back to them later and say, how come you didn't tell me that was your boss? Right? It's, it's understood that you would in order for people to understand the relative hierarchy of the ethical obligations people have. There you go. There you, there you prove the difference between being a boss and being a friend. 
everybody knows that there are a different set of rules and obligations yeah. when, when one is talking to a friend's boss versus just another friend, right? It's understood. Yep. You don't tell your friend's boss certain things. Yeah, everyone agrees with that. It's uh, um, and we give so many examples like this. People are like, oh, I, I think you're right. I, um, it, but nobody really ever thinks about the underpinnings here. Look, your your friends do think of you as their boss first. Those of them that don't, who think of you as a friend first, we discover overall are terribly difficult to manage. Now, look, this is not a cast about being promoted to be the boss of a bunch of your former friends when you guys all work together, you know, being promoted from peer to manager. We're going to do that one some other time. But think for a moment about that situation. How would you feel if one of your directs, who last month was a friend and a peer, came up to you and said, I can't believe you gave me this tough assignment. I thought we were friends. I mean, mean, honestly, how how would that make you feel? We'd suspect that you'd feel a little betrayed. Well, we've heard this before. The manager tells us he feels that if the direct were a true friend, they wouldn't have called the manager out on this, but it would have understood that the boss had obligations. There, that, there's that word again. And they wouldn't have done so unless that was the right thing to do. So the point of this, folks, is, is that if the manager believes that they can still be and still are friends with the direct, who now understands that the boss is the boss first, both relationships will be put under enormous strain very quickly. Don't let this happen to you. Start managing your directs as directs, not as friends. Okay. Now, do you need to go tell all of your friends that, you know, if, if let's say they were all your peers and they were your friends and now you're managing them, do you need to tell them? No, you don't have to say, I'm not your friend anymore. You do have to say, my obligations have changed, and my primary responsibility, even though it'll be hard on our friendship, is my primary obligation is to the company. Now, now look, if it were me, I would say, I, I just can't be your friend anymore. We can be friendly. There are going to be times when I'm going to spend time with you, but the fact is, I have an obligation that's bigger than that, as hard as it is, and I want you to know it. You could choose not to say anything and wait until there was a conflict and say, look, I'm sorry, I probably should have said something earlier, but I, I thought I could get away with not doing it. I regret it now, but I, I have to act as your manager first and foremost before I'm your friend. And you can't ever put me in a situation where manager and friend conflict because I'll choose manager. It's what I have to do. And if I choose friend and it comes back to haunt me, I don't think you as a true friend want me to get fired because I'm your friend and I do something that honors my friend obligation to you, but doesn't honor my managerial obligation to the company. I can see some folks arguing with you saying, well, I'd never say that because I believe that my obligations are as a friend are greater than my obligations as a manager. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, That's fine. I mean, I, I think that's fine, but... But would you quit your job because your friend told you to? No, I'd, I'd want to live both sides of that coin at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah, like, okay, sure, to. exactly. So what you're saying is the people who say, well, actually, friendship is more important than management, and then they would not quit their job because their friend asked them to, you're saying our point is proven that it's really not more important, but they just want to act as if it is 
on a case by case basis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they don't want yeah. they don't want to resolve the conflicts, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, Look, folks, let's okay, let, right. let's take let's take this idea to its logical extension. Not only do your directs see you first as their boss, everyone else sees you as your directs boss first and not as your directs friend. When your behaviors aren't easily understood by other people as normal managerial behaviors, Others in the firm wonder why you're not effective or not reasonable or not predictable. They assume that regardless of any previous relationship, your decisions are going to be based on managerial factors, not on friendship. The fact is, if they ever find out otherwise, you won't be taken seriously much longer. They're not going to want to work with you, frankly, because they're afraid that what they assume would be normal managerial behavior, like holding people accountable, planning, assigning work appropriately, all those things are out the window. And they've got to worry as hard as it is to get things done normally. How much harder is it going to be with you protecting your friend or elevating your friend? Not cool. So they'll tend to shy away from working with you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you all next week. Meantime, have a great one. So long.